is a Super Bowl edition of Outside the Trenches. Chiefs, 49ers, we're breaking down everything coming up next. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. Thank you to our friends at Five Farms, Irish Cream Liqueur, and Nick's Very Large Jug of Water. Uh, that is uh, bringing you this show today. Uh, hanging out with Nick Lucky and Big B, Brian Hanley. Full strength as we go into Super Bowl week. Huge week here. Uh, truthfully, didn't think the Chiefs were going to be here. If you would have asked me uh, if we were doing a Super Bowl edition, wouldn't thought it would have been the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are here. They're hot. The Niners, they're here. They are something. And we're going to talk about everything going into this game. But Nick, how was your week, man? It was good. It was a good week. I was out in Garden City. Mm. Uh, visiting customers went to the game Monday that was fun had a good time there had a really good time that was awesome and they got the W of basketball in Manhattan I like that interesting much to producer Nick's chagrin mm-hmm. producer Nick for being a good sport Big B how you doing I am good man had a heck of a week um I'm ready my, my wife is ready she is ready yeah. for this game so and I was gonna wear my KC my Kansas City Chiefs shirt, the one Kansas City Chiefs shirt that I own. But Nick Leckie, I'm sorry, people. He refused to let me wear it. So you made me change. I apologize. He hasn't made an influence. Uh, I get it. Anytime Nick tells me to do something, I want to do it right away and immediately. So I get it. He didn't ask me to wear my K-State shirt because I don't have one. Um, and... I have to uh, I have to be the uh, the unbiased person in, in here. I have to be the moderator between you guys and producer Nick. Basically, I have to be the buffer. Uh, I take that job and that responsibility very that that responsibility very seriously as uh, between K State and the KU banter. But we are here to talk about the Super Bowl, and this Super Bowl week has started off. Boy, it started off hot. We st- we got started with a story, and I've made a, a YouTube short about this that you'll see on the KCSN YouTube, uh, which appreciate everybody list- watching in live. Uh, as we always go live, Wednesday night, 9 p.m., the B-side. You guys know us. Uh, we appreciate all of our faithful uh, people. Shout out Dan in the chat. Shout out Frank in the chat. Good evening to everybody watching us. And we appreciate you guys listening to us after the fact as well. You, you guys are just as important as the people watching with us live at the time. Uh, but I would kind of want to start at the beginning of the week, and we kind of go chronologically from this. Uh, it came out a story that the 49ers were upset with how soft their practice field was, and uh, they wanted accommodations for their distaste in their field. Again, I did mention I'm making YouTube short about this. This will be out on the uh, little more in-depth Big B. But uh, hearing this story, um, Big B, I, I want to get your reactions from it because I, I don't know if I've seen anything like this before. No, I haven't. Here's the thing. I get them being upset about it. Um, you know, I guess the field rating is supposed to be at 70 and theirs was at 50. Um, I think they put down turf over or grass over AstroTurf. They were supposed to do it in December and they did it a week ago. You know, all that kind of stuff. But my thing is, if it wasn't sound enough, there's no way they would be practicing on it. So uh, it seems like they're already trying to build in the excuses. But if it wasn't sound and guys were falling and slipping all over the place doing what they can do, 
there's no way they'd be practiced on. Not a chance, not a chance. Now, like I said, the, the beef can be legitimate. I'm not saying that it isn't, but all I'm saying is if it wasn't sound to practice on, they wouldn't be doing it. You know, these guys are acting like it's the damn Ravens preseason game where there's seams in the AstroTurf, yes. and it's like, come on, let's yes. uh, let's let's not let's not let things be a distraction. All right, it's you're doing half a walkthrough anyways this this time of year anyways. Yeah, but don't even worry about it. Just just adapt, right? Just it's like adapt. Ryan Holiday says, the obstacle is the way. Mm. The bar. Uh, I do think it's very interesting, though, that field that they're practicing on passed all NFL and NFLPA safety regulations. So it's not like it was an unsafe field, Big B, as you brought up. Uh, and, and if it was an unsafe field, they would find accommodations, right? They would make the Chiefs move their practices and everything. And that was a thing that that was a topic that was brought up of like, hey, the 49ers basically went to the Chiefs and said, hey, can you move our move your schedule around so we can uh, practice there with you in the Raiders facility? And the Chiefs were like, no, why would we do that? Like that, why would we change our schedule for you guys? Like that doesn't make any sense. You guys have, by the way, you know, his facility really nice. Like I've been there. It's a nice facility. They have a re- really good practice facility. So it's not people acting like the, like the, the, the Niners were snubbed by getting UNLV's facilities is absolutely outlandish. When you had last year, you had <laughs> the chiefs practicing in Arizona state and the, the Eagles got the home field, uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals, facility so this happens every year right all of a sudden it's a big deal because it's the Kansas City Chiefs that have the home team facilities that's why it's become a big deal and people made a big deal because uh, the league is trying to help the Chiefs because they're not forcing them to move the schedule I think all that's kind of overblown and outdrawn shockingly uh, that's something being overblown and outdrawn in 2024 uh, stop if you heard that before but I-, I think it's one of those things too where people are just trying to find like they're a tinfoil conspiracy, right? People are seeing this league's not stepping in because the 49ers don't like their field. The, the for, they, they don't like their field. It's fine. They just don't like it. The league's not going to step in and say that, and tell the Chiefs to move their schedule so people think the league's helping the Chiefs. It's, it's crazy uh, with all the conspiracies going around. Then you had Media Night on top of it with the Chiefs getting booed. I do think there were some Raiders fans mixed in there, uh, if you had to guess. I don't think it was like fully Niners fans. I think there were some Raiders fans probably not uh, showing their displeasure with the Chiefs, but uh, Media Night was wild in its, in its own regard, but um, as, as it is with every Super Bowl, but lots of storylines heading into this one, Big B. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton. Uh, the Media Day thing, I mean, I know a lot of people think, man, it's going to be an anti-Chiefs crowd. I'm like, hold on a second. People getting into Media Day and people getting into the actual game of the Super Bowl is totally different. It's a big those price prices. Thing. I was <laughs> gonna say those prices to get into the Super Bowl are gonna be a lot different. So I, I would, if I'm a Chiefs fan, don't worry about it just being anti-Chief at the game. That that's not gonna be the case. Uh, other than just regular 49er fans. So yeah. uh, that's one of the storylines. I I just. I like the matchup per se. I'm I'm kind of I'll be honest. I'm done talking about everything else. I just want to get to the football. Uh, you hear all this crazy stuff. I'm like, man, let's just talk football and just let's get the yeah. game going. Um, but I, I definitely like the matchup. Uh, there's there's definitely ways that the Chiefs can win this football game. Uh, you know, against the Ravens, I saw there being more ways that the Ravens could win. But the way that the Chiefs could win, that's literally what happened. This what this game, I think it's kind of even. I think the the ways that both teams can win, I think it's even. 
uh, it does come down to running the football. I know the Chiefs have given up a little bit, but that's what I'm I'm really interested right there, Nick. I, I like the fact that I think both teams can run on each other. Yeah, I, I think the main thing with the the Ravens, they stopped running the ball. Yeah, and the the Forty ers if they're good at what they do, if they don't try to overthink it, they'll pound the rock. They will absolutely pound the they'll they'll throw underneath to let catch and run with Debo, catch run with Christian. Uh, you know, a couple passes to Kittle. I mean, it's a simple game plan. And if they, if they try to overthink it, you're going to get burnt. You're going to get really burnt. And for, for the Chiefs, man, if if I'm defending the Chiefs, I'm lining up uh, uh, D end over uh, Allegretti every third down play. Yeah. Every third down play, I am running a defensive end over Allegretti every, every single time. And I'm running games over that left side because that's going to be your biggest weakness right now. And the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs it's exploitable. So we'll see if they have an answer. Like they did not have an answer versus Tampa when they were down, you know, 4 0 linemen, which is damn near impossible. Yeah. Uh, you know, stuff where you move the pocket, things like that. Hopefully they learn from that, but we'll see. There is a lot of stuff that you, you talked about, Big B, with uh, the running game. I think the running game is is uh, a place where we should start with this because both teams uh, have a vulnerability in defending the run, and both teams could really take advantage of each other on the running game, as you mentioned. Uh, it, it does seem like Jarek McKinnon will be activated from the IR, but it doesn't seem like he will play in this game. A very interesting move there from uh, from the Chiefs when uh, was brought up. I was kind of shocked at all that they talked about opening his practice window and then having him be come out for this game because, you know, he had core muscle surgery and he also cracked his pelvis. Like, that. that's a kind of like a big deal. Everyone asking me about, like, oh, is Jarek McKinnon going to play? I'm like, Probably not because the dude cracked his pelvis six weeks ago. Um, but there, here, there he is. I mean, you got Isaiah Pacheco. He's on the injury report, full, full participant. But he's had that toe and ankle stuff that he's been dealing with this whole uh, kind of playoff run there. But it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs' uh, rushing attack kind of shapes out. Uh, with especially the Jared McKinnon thing, I think is is a chess move by Andy Reid there to make in uh, Sean Mc, not Sean McDermott. Uh, to make uh, Kyle Shanahan think, okay, well, we've got to think about these 12 to 15 plays that they could run with Jarek McKinnon that we could scout with them. It, listen, Andy Reid's been around the block a minute. He's going to know that like, if, if he's got a guy that they're activating off of IR, they're going to have to spend some time scouting him a bit. Like They're going to have to waste their time a little bit. And I think that's kind of what uh, it's a little gamesmanship here, uh, Big B. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. I don't think there's any way possible that the guy plays in the football game unless he's got Mr. Miyagi over there rubbing his hands together. I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to play because it's, I mean, that injury is yeah. a tough, I, I've, I mean, I haven't had it personally, but I have good friends that have, and every one of them, it was three months. They were out. They just, I mean, hell, for a month and a half, they couldn't even move, really. They couldn't do anything. So yeah. we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I, I think it's definitely gamesmanship uh, on, on the Chiefs part. And having said that, I, I just there's a lot of things that they can do um, if he were in the game. But I just don't believe, I don't think there's any way possible that he's going to play in this football game. Yeah, and it is. And I mean, and anytime when you travel to the game, like 90% of your game plan is in. And it's that that last ten percent you're tweaking this week anyway, and it's honestly it's the most boring game you'll ever play as a player because you get two weeks to prepare. 
and it's so late in the season. You have so much data out there. And it's like, man, you just look at the team, like how the team played, you know, December, January window. And that's really all you're studying. You know, you might peek at some stuff back then, but you're just like, yeah. uh, at this point, you're watching a game film and, and you're seeing the first two, se- uh, the first second of film, like, oh, I know this play team's played 10 times already. Like, I'm over it. Like, let's just get this damn game on. Let's do it. The biggest question, right? King Felix, K Stater, mm. right? He got to play w- versus the Chargers January 7th, and uh, he's going to be asked to step up. And guess who? You know what I like? Defensive end with fresh legs mm. who doesn't have much game footage. That could be a wild card. It could be an absolute wild card for sure. Unless he's going against Trent. Of course. He's going against Trent Williams. You're, you're good. Yeah. Just, you're gonna yeah, yeah. yeah. You never know, though. It could be a wild card for Trent. Yeah, you're right. He, he could have well. Him. You're right. I doubt, I doubt it, but I mean, he could. That was one of the moves that they did today. Uh, speaking of, I'm glad, Nick, I'm glad you brought up FAU because that's been a big topic of just how many bodies they have in that defensive end specifically room is not very many. Charles Minnie, he was placed on the IR today. Uh, Sky Moore activated off of the IR. He's a full participant uh, in Wednesday's practice. Uh, it looks like Scott Moore is going to play, which is kind of an interesting turn of events. Didn't really expect to see that. Uh, but Felix is an interesting an interesting guy because it is a little bit unscouted in terms of what, what you've seen from him. Maybe not what Chiefs Kingdom would have liked to see from their first round pick in, in 2023, but a guy with fresh legs. Anytime you do talk about Felix, anytime I've heard a conversation of people talking about Felix, like that's a big thing. Having being fresh this late in the season is going to be huge. Just to have a have a body out there that that can uh, get after some of those offensive linemen, which an offensive line that I don't outside of Trent Williams, obviously, because Trent Williams I think best best tackle in the game in my opinion. Uh, Individually, I don't think this offensive line is too great, but together they work. Like it works together. But like individually, the talent's not, you know, the Trent Williams. They're not the the Joe Toonies, right? Like they're not the all pros, but they but all together they work good. I'm curious to see what kind of games Spagnolo does run. Because I'm sure Spagnolo's gonna blitz. They're gonna do all kinds of stuff to try to mess with Brock Purdy to try to get them to abandon the run game, right? They're gonna that's gonna be their biggest thing is try to get them to abandon the run game. Uh get him behind the sticks, everything like that. I'm really going to be curious to see how they mix in Felix and to do all that. I think that's going to be interesting uh, kind of gamesmanship. Again, on the other side of the ball from Steve Spagnuolo because he has an unscouted guy now that he can throw out there. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. No, no, you're good, baby. No, I was going to just say, I think a lot of A-gap stuff, just Mm. disruption, you know, a lot of A-gap blitzes. I know we bring them off the edge, or not we, the Chiefs bring them off the edge a lot of times. But I think a lot of a gap stuff that they they can they can do to just disrupt even on rundowns a lot of a gap run blitzes just to throw them off. Even though I know they run a lot of outside zones and zone stretch plays and stuff like that, but if you can get a gap penetration on any run play, mm-hmm. it's going to disrupt everything. So I think linebackers and linebacker blitzing in the middle of a defense, Nick, I think that is going to be to the Chiefs' advantage if they do a lot of that. You know, it definitely will, but also I think the the main thing is Purdy showed that he's got some some wheels, and and I think that was one of the things that hurt Detroit yeah. was they did not expect that they thought that Draco Malfoy would be able to you know cover cover Purdy in the open field, and that did not work uh, exactly how they wanted it to be. And to me, um, they have confidence. I think I think that was a, a confidence builder for the Chiefs, or I'm sorry, for the Niners. Was a hey shit our quarterback can run and good yeah. for the Chiefs that they put that out there 
an NFC Championship game also to be like, okay, he can run. He's got, wow, I did not know this. Let's borrow a little bit of that Lamar. Let's put him in that Lamar that Josh Allen, you know, can beat you with legs category that I was unsuspecting. And yeah, so it's, they might have emptied the chamber, so to speak, the nine could have to win that game. To win that right. game. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're exactly right. If I'm the Chiefs, I, I, I I throw that caution to the wind, though. If if something's going to beat you, I would that would be the thing that I say. You know what? If yeah. Brock Purdy's going to beat us with his legs, then damn it, let him beat us with his legs. I'm not saying that he won't. I'm not. I'm absolutely not saying that he won't because we saw it happen. I mean, right. literally saw it happen. But that's the last thing that the Chiefs should. And obviously they'll prepare for it. But that's the last yeah. thing they should be worried about is Brock Purdy. If because if if McCaffrey's running the football then you're not even going to have to worry about Brock Purdy running the football. Yeah. Looking at uh, some more of the injuries before we take a break, Joe Tooney, only a Chiefs player that did not practice uh, on Wednesday. He's still dealing with that pick issue. Look, it's going to be a long shot. Andy Reid said it would be a long shot for him to play. He's probably going to get that shot, that old, uh, what is it, Toradol that they put in there? Um, no, it'd be like a, uh, a lidocaine. Everyone gets Toradol. So that Toradol's anti-inflammatory, but lidocaine, marcaine, a numbing. Like an a true numbing, like a yeah. true numbing, yeah. Because Tortal is the every day, you know. Tortal is the every game day, getting mm-hmm. that shot, you know. <laughs> He's a so Sean Barber's told me many stories about the about the Tortal and the guys who just line up in the locker room just to get their shots. Um, but I, I think it's gonna be one of those things where I think they even said this. I can't remember. I think it was Andy who said it's more of a pain thing for him. Um, it's it's a pain tolerance thing or a strength tolerance thing in terms of it. And, you know, being an offensive lineman, kind of need your pack uh, in terms of, like, how that position works. Uh, so, I, Andy Reid called him a long shot. He also called McKinnon a long shot, who was a limited participant with that groin issue, which they haven't listed as a groin. I think it was a, technically a hernia. So, uh, I guess you listed as a groin uh, that he's coming back from limited in practice, which is kind of impressive because Andy Reid act like that he they had no shot to play. Um so those are the big injuries. Canarius Tony also off of the injury report after uh, going on a tirade on Instagram Live. Uh, but it wasn't about the Chiefs. It was about the Giants fans that were in his comments, but not the live comments. The comment, His comment box is what he called it. Uh, he was talking about those Giants fans, not the Chiefs. So it wasn't about the Chiefs. And a Spinzo that I respect wholeheartedly. We can talk about that a little bit more. But uh, first, let's take a break, and then we'll get back into a little bit more of uh, this Chiefs and 49ers Super Bowl. We'll see you on this show. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. ACSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're hanging out with us here on uh, KC Sports Network, Outside the Trenches, Five Farms, Irish Cream Liqueur, our partners here at Outside the Trenches. I mentioned it before we got to break, and I want to talk about it a little bit before we dive into kind of the Chiefs offense versus uh, the Niners defense a little bit there because we didn't spend a lot of time on the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs, their best side of the ball. Canarius Tony, man, he's a wild card, and I, I, that's not something we just recently learned, right? Like, that's not a new thing. Uh but Big B, I kind of, his spin zone was so ridiculous that I was like, you know what? I would tip my hat to it. Good try. Like, a yeah. good varsity try. But I, I, maybe I'm back in on Kadarius Tony after that just outlandish spin zone. I mean, it, it was so outlandish and so just stupid. Let's just call it what it was. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I'm just like, Jamie, Christmas, what are you doing, man? That's just, I get it. You're mad. I, I 100% you want to play and the Chiefs are like, no, you're not going to play. Uh, I've heard a lot of things that maybe the Chiefs were just trying to spare his feelings by saying he was hurt versus being a healthy scratch, which if they're doing that, I, I'm sure they would have said that to him, you know, that, mm-hmm. hey, man, we're going to do this. You know, we know you're not hurt, but we're not trying to embarrass you either. But I don't know. It is what it is. And, and the whole Oh, I was talking to the Giants. But why are you even talking to Giants fans? Why? I mean, why would that even matter? I, I just, I, I don't know. It just, it's beyond me, Nick. Yeah. And also at this point in the season, you know, you're not going to switch horses midstream. No. You have the squad you've, you've been playing with through, that's been playing well through the playoffs. Unless there's an injury, you're not going to make a change now. Right. You're not going to make a change now. You don't, you don't mess with, you don't mess with the mojo you got going on right now unless there's an injury so it's like hey you know they might talk a big game and say oh yeah Kadarius is a full participant all this stuff but when it comes down to it, he'll probably be on the inactive thing just like he was um for the AFC championship game and since what week 15 I think yeah inactive so yeah he's also wide receiver one when he gets the ball I don't know if you caught that quote from uh, Kadarius Tony when he gets the ball he can be a wide receiver one uh, he can't. I mean, he can be absolutely. But just, he's incredibly yeah. talented. He really is. Consistency. That's. Yes. I mean, you, you don't need to be to be great in this league just to be just consistent all the time. Go, uh, go for Casey forever. Uh, says he, I seen Sky Moore was activated. He was. Uh, I mentioned earlier he was a full participant on today's practice uh, injury report. The first injury report we have gotten officially from the teams from the for this game. Uh, he was activated in the counter move. Charles Minnehue going to the IR. Not a surprise there. Towards ACL, uh, there was some hope that he was going to play in this game, but that was ultimately dashed like the day after when you got... He probably was riding off the AFC Championship high, right? He's like, oh yeah, I'm playing it. In two weeks, I'll be fine. And then yeah. they got in there and he said, you tore that shit. You're not playing. Um, is probably what happened. But uh, let's talk about the the Chiefs offense a little bit because Sky Moore comes back into the mix here. Canarius Tony's future is uncertain with this team. Now the Chiefs didn't show a whole lot of flashes against the against the Ravens. It kind of seemed like Andy Reid kept the cards a little close to the chest. And the Baltimore Ravens give the defense credit. That Baltimore Ravens defense was 
nasty. They played really well in the second half of that game. Uh, Big B, what are you kind of expecting from uh, the Chiefs' offense? Because this is the one area where I think a lot of Chiefs fans feel confident rolling into this game against the Niners' defense that's pretty static in coverage. I think it's all 80% of the time they're in static coverages and they don't do anything, which is kind of crazy in today's NFL. Um, They just show you, and that's what you get. Um, Is there any worry there with the Chiefs' offense, especially coming off the second half, or are you kind of crediting more of that to the Ravens' defense? I mean, I think it was more the Ravens' defense than the Chiefs' offense, I'll be honest with you. I mean, the Ravens' defense looked like they were shell-shocked the first quarter and a half, basically the first half. They looked like they were shell-shocked, and then once they made an adjustment, I mean, the Chiefs couldn't move the football. I mean, they literally could not move the football. I mean, they got half their yards on the last throw of the game for the entire second half, which is crazy to think about. But having said that, I I, I went to it earlier, and I said it earlier, the Chiefs can run on the 49ers. I know the 49ers' defense is, is good, but the last two teams that they've played have run the ball literally down their throat. The Packers did it, the Lions did it, and the, the Lions kind of got the Ravens syndrome. They just stopped running the ball in the mm-hmm. second half. The first half, I think they ran it for 22 times for like 148 yards. In the second half, they ran it seven. I'm like, well, what do you do? And you had the lead. It'd be one thing if you were behind 17 points and you stopped running the ball. You had the lead and you only ran the ball seven times. So, you know, the teams are able to run the football on the 49ers, even though I know they got a good defense. I think the the Chiefs are going to be able to exploit that if they choose to. You know, I think what we're overlooking a lot is uh, Charvarius Ward being that sort of um, locker room coach for these this Niners uh, back four. Uh, when I, I mean secondary, uh, yeah. I think that that's really underplayed because you know you have so much experience. You know, seven on seven team drills, practice. You know, like knowing kind of how he plays and how Mahomes plays. So there's that. I mean, you're not going to tell anything that your coaches don't already know. But you can, like, as a player, when you hear it from another player, hey, man, this is what he likes to do, or here's what he's doing in practice, here's some stuff i like to show you, you can do that. And we're also discounting uh, Eric Armstead uh, yeah. for the in the middle, the interior, where he's, like, freaking eight foot two in the middle, big body. Um, like I said, man, we're discounting, you know, the fact that um, that he's going to be a, a, a big run stuffer when you lost one of your best run blocking guys in Tooney. So yeah. there, there's going to be some problems for this offense. So B, Big B talked about A-gap blitzes, A-gap penetration. Look out for for him, uh, Eric Armstead, on the A-gap penetration and, and just run from a rundown perspective. So that that could be a big wrench in the cog that the Chiefs will have to deal with for sure. I think I saw something. I think this was from Summer Sports where they said that the Chiefs are one, like the, the Chiefs love to do the outside zone. They love to run outside zone. And that, because that's just kind of the scheme that they've really always wanted. In Kansas City, we've been crying for them to run gap schemes because they've got so many good, they've got so many good linemen that are good at gap scheme runs, but they just continually run outside zone. But this might be a matchup that works out well because Summer Sports ran the numbers. The 49ers struggle the most against outside zone. Uh, like that is, that is what they struggle the most against. So it's one of those things where if you look at kind of some of these holes that the Niners have, in their defense, very good defense. Like it's Fred Warner's the best linebacker in the game. Like they've got, uh, they've got Drake Greenlaw in there. Too. Like they've got an incredible guy. Like they've got stud after stud after stud that you can list off about this 49ers defense. But where the 49ers are kind of weak, like they don't defend the flats or the or the screens very well. And that's something that the Chiefs do really well. They run the outside zone really well. 
So this is something that the the Chiefs' offense they match up to the 49ers' weaknesses a lot better than the 49ers' offensive strengths match up to the Chiefs' offensive weak defensive weaknesses. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. For sure. Uh, and it's kind of what you said. It's odd that the 49ers aren't great against the outside run. Yeah. With Warner and Greenlaw just being able to run 100 miles an hour sideline to sideline, you would think they would cut a lot of that stuff off. But, you know, it, every now and then they could be in position but cut back lanes here or there. And, you know, sometimes you need a safety drop down to make a play on that that's unblocked and they're not there. But having said that, you, you're right. I, I think that it's, it's just going to be a matter of cat and mouse i think it, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be you know scheming what we can do and again i say we i mean the chiefs is what they can do here or there i i, I think that screenplays yeah I, I just think a wide receiver is gonna have to make some plays for the chiefs i think they're gonna take yeah. away kelsey and they're just gonna say you're not gonna beat us yeah. they're just gonna say kelsey nope you're not beating us somebody else is gonna have to beat us and that, I think, is Rasheed Rice, if he can get free. Because, again, their secondary, while good, not great, I think they're going to have to try to take advantage of a matchup somewhere down the field. Yeah, and I, I like Rice to do that also. I like mm-hmm. Rice. To, I mean, he, he slowly proved himself in December and in the playoffs that he can be that guy if need be. And I think the best screen, too, would be that wide receiver screen, uh, middle screen that they run mm-hmm. with Rice where – Man, that that's a good way to counter that that pressure. Just don't do a screen on third down. If you run a screen on third down, you should lose your job just straight up. <laughs> like on if you're an offensive coordinator, it's like I, I this is a give up play. Like don't don't do that. But if screens on first, second down, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I do. It's a good mix up. It's a great change of pace too. But third down screen, it's a bullshit call. They uh they ran that screen with Rasheed Rice. Uh, that got called back because of the Trace Smith holding, and that was that was one of the times I was like, "Okay, Rishi Rice, all right, man, we see that. Uh, that's not going to go unnoticed." Um, I'm sure the Niners are like, "Hey, we've got to be pretty disciplined in this because last time the Chiefs and Niners played, uh, that was Christian McCaffrey's first game as a Niner, and he'd been there for maybe 45 minutes." Um, and it's kind of crazy. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's really good, by the way. I don't know if you guys know this; he's a really good football player. Uh, he. He basically walked into that building with one of the most complex run schemes that you could walk into. He was there for a day and was like, yeah, I'll be fine. Putting that Stanford education to use. Uh, and that was pretty impressive uh, from Christian McCaffrey. Um, what they did in that game, though, as I digress here, was they kind of they kind of attacked Nick Bosa a little bit. They kind of went at him with screens. They kind of used his aggressiveness against him. I I think that's what they're going to have to do again. You got to think Nick Bosa is going to be ready for that, obviously. But they there was a screen pass, I think, for a touchdown that was just like they just lofted it right over Nick Bosa just because his aggressiveness took him so far upfield. And man, I I really do have this weird level of confidence in this game for this uh, for this Chiefs offense against this Niners defense. Uh, I think they faced a really tough task last week with the Baltimore Ravens. I think uh, the little bit of hesitancy I do have is. The mixture, I think uh, Lynn left a comment in here. Uh, she, uh, she said, you think the Chiefs can't move the football or they decided to protect the ball, speaking about the AFC Championship game last year, or last week, sorry. I think it was a little bit of both. I think they were trying to protect it. I don't think they were trying to get too far out in front of their skis. I think they were trying to hold some stuff back so they didn't unload, empty the clip for the 49ers. And I think the, I think the, the Ravens defense just played incredibly well. Like, those guys are on scholarship, too. Uh, 
they make plays. Uh, so I, I do think it's a little bit of a combination of both, but uh, I am I'm cautiously optimistic about the Chiefs' offense, even though we didn't see any points really in the second half from them, Big B. No, I mean, I, I guess we could say that they held some stuff back. I don't know why you would do that in an AFC championship game that's sure. seven points. Uh, but if that's the case, okay. But at the same time, I mean, we saw the game. We watched what was going on. They could not move the ball. And whether they were calling some other some stuff and, and keeping it close to the vest, I still think they wanted to move the football, and they just couldn't yeah. do it. So that that's where the difference is. I, I just think that the Ravens' defense just made some adjustments and just stopped what the Chiefs were trying to do. Now, did the Chiefs just line up and just say willy-nilly and all that kind of stuff? No, they didn't. Uh, but I think this will be different again. It's a Super Bowl. But I think if you're trying to empty the chamber, you empty the chamber as well to get to the Super Bowl. You just don't empty it in the Super Bowl if you have to. Yeah. I would absolutely I would absolutely agree with that. Um, like I said, it, it's just one of those things where there's got to be a couple a couple things, and it's always a weird game because I think your first half, you're feeling each other out. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is when, okay, here we go. This is It's almost like what they say about a marathon. Is like the first what twenty miles or just a, a jog, and then last mm-hmm. six or the real race or whatever. That's kind of how it is for the Super Bowl too. You know, we've had all week to two weeks to prepare. You're well prepared, uh, and then we'll see your wrinkles that you throw in there and see if you can do it. Like the in the in your adjustments, your halftime adjustments can be crucial. Yep. Look what happened versus Philly last year. Yeah, let me ask you this question, Nick. For somebody that's got Super Bowl game experience, what's the script like? You know, usually a script, 15, 20 plays, sometimes even 25 plays. Because you have two weeks and it is the Super Bowl, we're talking about empty the chamber. Does the script get even longer the first? And and for people, we're not talking about conspiracy theory scripts. (laughs) We're talking about offensive script. Does the script get longer because of the two weeks? No, no. Like I said, it's, it's, it's another game. So it's just going to take a little bit longer. Each TV timeout will be longer. The halftime right. will be a little bit longer. Right. All these things will be will be extra longer for to allow for commercials. And no, you don't you don't all of a sudden say, oh no. Uh, usually it's a ten play script, mm-hmm. and usually it's you have you have those plays that you like to see. And what they do is you know it depends on like the 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 hash and everything like that. You kind of want right. to get a feel for where it's at, and it's like okay on the first third down if it's third medium. We like this play first, or we like this play first, and just kind of get a feel for it. So you don't want to change it up. You don't say, "Hey, it's a Super Bowl. Let's do something different." Right? Gotcha. That's don't want to do that. You mm-hmm. don't. It's another game. You're well prepared, and did, here's we're gonna stick to everything. You know, you don't don't change a thing. Don't make it extra special. Makes sense. That'll lead into my blind nil very nicely, Nick. Uh, what you got? What you got? Let's do it. Well, I got to tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook first before I tell you about our blind nil. As uh, if you're looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Looking at the line right now, Chiefs plus two. Chiefs are dogs plus on the money line as well. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN, new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I'll just go into my blend now since I kind of teed it up a little bit here. Um, as I've been watching the week kind of unfold for both of these teams, uh, I want to know. I want to get your guys' thoughts, and, and I don't know if this is not necessarily a, a, a question per se. Maybe it's more of just like a blind nil talking point. It seems like the 49ers and the Chiefs have two different attitudes, for lack of a better term, for lack of a better word, uh, when going about this week. Chiefs obviously have been here for the last six years. Like they, they've been here a time or two. Niners coming back after. Uh, a, a stint, you know, four years ago, five years ago now at this point. Whole different, a, a lot of the different coaches, there's a lot of the same coaches on the Chiefs' side of the ball. Uh, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on kind of the differentiating, the differentiating demeanors from these teams when it comes to it. The Chiefs, look, they're getting thrown a lot of questions at Media Day about, you know, Taylor Swift and about uh, who's going to get a ring first, the Niners or Taylor Swift. If uh, they want... People want the Chiefs to give sound bites. Chiefs are refusing to do it. While meanwhile, the the Niners players are going to go out there and you know have Charvarius Ward saying everything's better about being in San Francisco. Do you think that that the attitudes in this game will will reflect the the final results of this game? Maybe um, either one of you can start with it. But I've just kind of been gnawing on that thought. Uh, if you think the way that they're carrying themselves into this week uh, will affect the final. Uh, final score. Um, I don't know. I, I think, well, first of all, experience matters. So that's one thing. I mean, that absolutely matters. Now, there's going to be some guys on the 49ers that have been in a Super Bowl before. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think the, the Chiefs are taking a, I think you're right, Tucker. They're taking a more business like approach to everything. Uh, and, and as much as people are trying to rattle them, they're just, they're kind of used to the the hoopla. Now, granted, it's not the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is at a whole nother level. But they've been getting these questions about Taylor Swift all year, yeah. you know, and stuff like that outside the game. And it so it matters. So uh, and they're used to handling those kinds of questions. So I just I, I think the Chiefs' mindset may have a little bit. I, I don't know, but you still got to play football. And yeah. That's my whole thing. I, you still got to play football, regardless of what the questions are, or even what your mindset is. You still got to go make it happen. Yeah, I think attitude do, does reflect, you know, how you're going to play. You know, and I mm -hmm. think you know ha having to eliminate the distractions, uh, focus on the task at hand. You know, business trip, all that stuff. And and I think honestly, the pressure's on the on on Kansas City. Kansas City has all the pressure in the world on them. I just saw something on. Good morning football. They're like, if, if Mahomes wins, will he be immortal? It's like, come on, man. It's like they're they're trying to hype it up to next level. And if you're if you're San Francisco, you're like, man, screw that. Like you're gonna be motivated. Like you're gonna be absolutely motivated. And and I think uh sometimes to counter Big B's point too, I mean, as the Saints, you know, we played the the Indianapolis Colts who won in 06, and now it's 09, so three years later, and they're staying at the same hotel, they're staying at the same place, they're going through the same motions. Uh, where they, they, they've won it before. So it's like, uh, you want to be hungry. 
it's and like every good boxer says, you know, it's easy to get to the top, but it's tough to stay up there. Mm. And I think that's what the Chiefs are going through. But like I said before, and I'll say it a thousand times, the biggest X factor is the fact that Mahomes is not in the MVP conversation, and that's got to burn him bad. Mm. I think it's interesting. I, I think it's interesting how both teams are kind of going about the two very different approaches. I, Obviously, Shanahan's been here. Like, this is his third Super Bowl, second as a head coach. He was obviously the offensive coordinator for the Falcons in the famous 28-3 game. And there was an interview with Peter King where he said that losing that Super Bowl to the Chiefs was more hurtful, left more scars than losing the 28-3 game. Now, he was on the defensive side of the ball, and basically probably that does not hurt as much. But the way that they lost that game against the Chiefs the first time around, um, I can see how that, did, that, how that seems to... To leave some scars. He also he also had a clip that came out where people thought he was drunk uh, on the, the opening clip. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't care if he's drunk or not, right? But uh, it just seems like they're they're letting their guys a little be a little bit loose. I think for the fear of them being too uptight, and to let the guys be loose in Vegas is interesting. Uh, to for that to be the place to say be yourself uh, is an interesting spot to do it. But I do think that I do think that there's a concerted effort by the 49ers not to be so uptight where the Chiefs Chiefs are taking a clear business like no no nonsense type approach. Even though they practice outside. The day that you all that field stuff came out, they practiced outside in the rain full pads. Yeah. Just to kind of be like, oh yeah, you want to complain about how soft your field is? We're gonna go practice full pads. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it's a you're, you're, Nick's right. The business-like approach is to me is always the best approach. Um, your attitude definitely reflects Nick's right again. It definitely reflects on how you're going to play. Having said that, I, I think the 49ers probably know their team. Shanahan knows his team, and maybe that's the way that they play best if they're loosey goosey. Sure. So, and if it is, good for them. I just I, I'm a coach's son, and I just know that you know the business-like approach. It's always been the approach that I've taken. It's just, you know, you you play. This is how what we're doing. You can be loosey-goosey after the game, but right now we're here to win a game. We're here to win a football game. No other thoughts, Nick? Turn it to 11 after the game, no matter what, win or lose. Turn win it to 11? Lose. What do we got? Spinal tap? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, where it's like you know, all the talk is like win or lose. We're having a party at the hotel. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's a long season, and that really takes the pressure off too. There you go. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Seems like it. All right, who wants to go next? I, can I go. will. Okay, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say, mine's pretty simple. I, I'm sure in previous years you probably have covered this, but. I'm going to say it anyway, or ask anyway, is favorite Super Bowl commercial. What is the favorite Super Bowl commercial? Now, mine's easy, uh, and I'm I was obviously biased. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, and I can actually remember. I'm that old that I can remember 1980 Mean Joe Green. You know, the hey kid throws. How old are you? How old I'm, are you? I'm a hundred years old, Nick. I, I mean, you know. What year, what year were you born? What year were you born? What year were you 75. born? 75. You were five. Okay, I'll give you that. 
you know, I remember. I was old enough to remember. Again, like I said, I'm a coach's son, so football's been ingrained in me since I was two years old. So it's just, you know, I can remember him, that whole commercial, him limping down there and throwing the jersey to the A-kid guy. And, you know, fun fact, uh, Joe Green also lives in Flower Mound. Mm. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Right, right yeah. down the street. Right down the street. I love you know. That. So, but yeah, that, that's my favorite. I love them all. I mean, honorable mention, I don't know if you, well, Tucker, you don't remember, but 1995, the, the Hay Frog, the old Bud Light Frogs commercial, if you get a chance to YouTube that, that is hilarious. It is gold. Absolute gold. So, but there's a ton of them, but those are my favorites. I picked up a uh, 1995 Budweiser Frog shirt uh, from the thrift store. There you go. See? Sold it. I- <laughs> Look, I sold that sucker for fifty bucks. So original print, dead stock. I mean, golly, I, eBay go. was all over that sucker. So I know it. They, they're, it's hilarious. It, it is a great commercial. Great commercial. Um, Tucker, do you have one, or you want me to go? No, nah, I want you to go. Um, I would have to say, just for for longevity and for I just love like it's obviously it's a beer commercial, but the why that. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> no, excuse me. We did that. Right? This is spring break. Of, That's a of 19 or of 2000. 2000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, I was like, uh, it was awesome. I was and so it seemed, good. It, it seemed like it went on for like three months. Yeah. Uh, it just it kept was, going on and on and on. Oh, it was man. great. It was great. And that was to me, I was like, okay, that was nice one. That was really good. Yeah. Um, impactful, though, was the, um, if you're talking about bang for your buck, was last year because when I was at a Super Bowl party, people started freaking out when they did the uh, like the guide. Is it like the Fubo or yeah. whatever where they did the fake someone was guide and and like there was, was yelling, remote, yeah. there was wailing and gnashing of teeth. Like you were not, we'd be like, what are you freaking doing? And stop right. playing with the ball. What you is? <laughs> it was hilarious. And apparently that was that was countrywide or worldwide panic for that one. Yeah. Which is good. Doritos always has some bangers. Uh, Doritos, Doritos there for a little bit had the bangers. I think they had the time machine one that I thought was always pretty funny. Um, they didn't miss there for a little bit. Um, now they turned the Luxor into a Dorito. I don't know if you guys saw that picture on around Twitter. Hmm. That's amazing. They turned the Luxor into a Dorito, which hmm. I heard somebody describe staying in the Luxor as uh, sleeping into a lit cigarette, and I think that's about right. I stayed there once. I, I, that was one of the worst mistakes of my entire life. Man. I thought it'd be cool to stay in a pyramid. Yeah. Turns out you lose square footage. You walk over towards the window and it's like three feet high. Oh, that's And right. I'm like, what the hell is going on here, man? This is terrible. Never even thought about that. I usually just, yeah. I, I usually stay at like Caesars or, mm-hmm. or North uh, up to not Bellagio quiet, but like the uh, Venetian. So, yeah. And the best is like, like Treasure Island. And the Mirage, yep. that's my favorite yep. bang for your buck. Because it's not cheap, it's not expensive, and you're right in the heart of the strip. Because to me, the right. heart of the strip is Caesars. Like, that's mm-hmm. the heart. That's mm-hmm. the heart of the strip. The like that Hell's Kitchen right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. There's a Hell's Kitchen there, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've only stayed in the Luxor the two times I've been to Vegas. But it was like not inside the pyramid. It was like the towers that they have off of the side of it. Uh, so it was a little bit nicer. So I was, that, that's when I was like, how come everybody hates the Luxor? I stayed oh. at like the towers of it, which I didn't get that same lit cigarette vibe as uh, sitting in, <laughs> uh, the staying in the uh, the pyramid. 
uh, because that's where the East West Shrine Bowl was before they moved to, down to Frisco. Um, look, I'm going to say it. I think I like it in Frisco a whole lot better than I liked it in Vegas. Of course uh, you do. In Vegas, because I mean, that was overstimulating. We'll treat you right here in Frisco. We will treat you right. It's amazing, though, Nick. He came all the way to Frisco. Do you think he called? Man, man. He, he said nah, no call, so text, no nothing. I'm a man. busy man. I'm a busy man. You, that all busy, you ain't that busy, Tucker. Mm. <laughs> I was that two busy. minutes That's away busy. from him. Dang. I was no. like a minute and a half away from him. Yeah. And he didn't even, just nothing. Malarkey. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm. Had a couple zeros. Mm. Oh. Um. Nick, why don't you take us home? What was the question? Uh, no, it was, just, it was just about blind. Oh, well, my blind hell. Uh, biggest disappointment this season for you guys. What was like the biggest, whether it was like a player, a topic, a team, mm. what was the biggest disappointment that you were like, what the hell is wrong with you? And honestly, I'd have to say Philly. That's where my brain went first, yeah. Not me. I, I like that. I do like Philly, but I, I'm going to go with everybody's saving grace, everybody's hero, Justin Herbert. Mm. I, I am not getting off of this. Every, everybody gives him a pass. I'm not, I'm never giving him a pass. I'm just never going to do it because if it was Patrick Mahomes, they wouldn't be giving him a pass. So, no, I'm not doing it. He Disappointment. I don't care that you got hurt. I'm sorry. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but. Look, man, at some point, don't you have to win? At some yeah. point, you got to win. You know, they keep talking about how talented they are and how talented he is. Well, go win. So, mm. to me, it's Justin Herbert and those Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, they're they're putting together basically Michigan this year. I mean, they got uh, well, they got Jesse mm-hmm. Minter coming in as their D.C. Yeah. They got uh, John, Herb- John Harbaugh, sorry, Herbert. Uh, did they name an offensive coordinator? Uh, I don't know. Jim Harbaugh. Sorry, I said John. Harbaugh. Michigan Harbaugh. Yeah, the Michigan Harbaugh. They look the exact same. Everyone in that family looks the exact same. Like, I, every male in that family. <laughs> hey, they were cloned. They yeah. were 100%, 100% cloned. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, the dad just looks like a wrinklier version than Jim and John. Like, it's oh, like, yeah. Oh, They're going to bring in Greg Roman. Greg Roman, yeah, I was with him in St. Louis. I think, yeah, he was out of football. Oh, no, never mind. No, no, I wasn't. Never mind. I'm thinking different Roman. Greg Roman. No. Uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um. Wow. If we don't want Herbert to win. You're right. Good thing I agree. Won't. Good thing. Well, he won't win because they're going to draft McCarthy. <laughs> they're gonna draft JJ, right? They're gonna trade it yeah. from JJ, yeah, because yeah. he's just he's just gonna make Michigan from this last year because that whole team is graduating because they were like the oldest team ever to play college football. Yeah. So he's just gonna draft that whole team again, and then he can win a Super Bowl with them. The, the logic is flawless. Yeah, that's just man, wild. Uh, for me, the biggest disappointment, I was going to say like Dak and the Cowboys, but like they do that every year. So is it really a disappointment? Mm-mm. No, it's not. Um, and then I was thinking about maybe the Bengals were a little bit of a disappointment, but you know, Joe Burrow deal with injuries. Yeah, I don't think they're a big disappointment. He was hurt. Uh, he was hurt. You know, he's always hurt. hurt. He was hurt at the beginning of the year, then hurt something else. But 
that actually might not have been on the injury report. Did we ever get clarification if the- it wasn't? They lied. <laughs> they flat out lied. In the, he walked I, I, in with a with a wrist brace on, and nobody said shit. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I've been around a lot of football. Nick, you've been around a lot of football. You ever seen a quarterback throw a football and tear a ligament in his hand? I've never seen that happen. That's a freak. That's a freak injury. <laughs> I, I know. Um, I was a starter in 08, and I got hurt. I hurt my ankle in warmups, or my broke my foot in warmups, and they got like in a lot of trouble. The Rams did because that wasn't on the injury list as, as questionable. But mm. like that was before I went to the game, so you never know if during it could have happened during the game because Burrow played and they got hurt, right? Yeah. So yeah. different story, different story. But, yeah, but he walked in. He had like a soft cast on. Yeah, on that was wrist. I'm like, sus. on now, sus as the kids say. Mm-hmm. Sus. <laughs> kids do say that. Cap. I saw somebody. Cap. I'm trying to see if that was the chat or they were capping. They, they were, were capping. capping. They were capping. They were capping. <laughs> the training staff was capping. Man, he's trying to trying to put it on the sly. Do it on the on on the on the down low. I see that's, that's Tucker. Enough. That's Tucker's that's vote. Enough. Right, that's enough. Um, let's wrap that one up. Uh, so producer Nick says the Jaguars. I think that's a good one. Uh, the Jaguars are supposed to run away with that division, and they didn't. And I think they got a lot of credit for playing uh, out over their skis the year before. And everybody thought they were going to be good when they kind of backed into the playoffs the year before, and they weren't able to do that this year. What about the Seahawks? Geno Smith, uh, you know, mm-hmm. did we all think he was going to fall back down to earth? Yes. Nobody, nobody predicted them to win, especially in the division with the Rams and yeah. Niners. That's true. No shot. Actually, I no think shot. I said they were going to win the division at the beginning of the year. But well, I, I said Denver. I, was been, I was on the sauce. You did say Denver was going to win. I did say Denver was going to win. You did, didn't you? Uh, so I can't tell. If that's my biggest disappointment is um, <laughs> is Denver doing so poorly, but then they kind of rallied at the end there too. They did. They made so, it interesting, right? It made it interesting. They really did. They almost qualified for playoffs. They almost they, did. Yeah, a game against the Texans. If they'd have won that, I think they'd have made it. Yeah, I really do. I think that was the game. You're down at the what was it? The four yard line, and you throw a pick and you yep. lose. Through I think that was coverage. the game. Triple just a, coverage. Just a classic Wait, Russell close. Wilson play. Oh, I mean, it was just like textbook geez. Russell Wilson. Just, yeah, just. No yeah. pressure. I'm just going to gun it in here. Hopefully it makes, try to throw it through a car wash without getting wet. And that thing got drenched. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I've never heard that term. That term is awesome. <laughs> throw it through a car wash. I usually wet. use that for something else, but this. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Family okay. Show. There we go. That yeah, really, family I show. Would, yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I think I think for me, I think I think I think I, I want to say Philly, yeah. but losing your top wide receiver um, in the playoffs yeah. and then losing your second best wide receiver, you kind of gut, you kind of gut your your squad uh, at that point. I got you know, it. And it's like it's just one of those things where it's just so. Because to me, I thought Philly was going to be the one. I thought it'd be that Philly, um, Philly San Francisco matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Hurts was hurt for. What uh, they never, at least half the season. They never sat him either. Like they never they let did. him get healthy. They never let him get healthy. I, that just, I mean, they never just said, you know what, let's take a couple weeks. Even yeah. sit the week before the bye week, you yeah. know, so at least you get two weeks. You know, they never did it, and he never got right because he never ran the ball. Yeah. Well, yeah, he to their success the year before, and they just never ran the football with him. It was just ugly. And and and, and they, they stifled them too, honestly, with that schedule, that gauntlet where they went, you know, Miami and then they went Washington, then is it Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, and then go play at Seattle? Yep. Shoot. That's that's 
let's see, one of the the most difficult eight game stretches or six game stretches you'll ever see at the end yeah. of the season too. End of season, right? Yeah, I, they were just beat up because then they couldn't beat the Giants. Well, they, they had because yeah, they made it out of that. They made it out of that, and then go on to you know lose to Arizona. Yep, at home, at home on Eve. Bad, and then and then they lost January seventh, right, to the Giants yep. in New York, and so yeah, and then yeah, just man, just that was tough. I thought of uh, the Jets. The Jets had a lot of hype coming into this season. Aaron Rodgers played four, three plays, four plays, three plays. Did they get a first down? I don't think Aaron got a first down. It was three plays, yeah. They were three and out. It was on the third play. Remember they brought in, who'd they yep. bring in at tackle? Um, Dwayne Brown. Remember because uh, huh? they didn't trust Mekhi Beck. Did they bring in Dwayne Brown? He didn't even touch the guy on an oh. inside move. Made him scramble towards Achilles. Yep. Yeah. So that was a pretty disappointing start uh, to their season. <laughs> um, and that that's pretty disappointing for the Jets. They still won that game. Like, that's that's what the Bills, man. The, Josh Allen. Maybe, are the Bills? No, the Bills backed, backed their way up into the playoffs, and they, they had a they good look, run. I don't um, know if they backed in, though, because they had to go to Miami the last game of the year and win to win the division, and they did it. Miami wasn't. Miami was. I'm not, not saying Miami, Miami was great. The first time. No, yeah, I'm not that O line was decimated. Was I mean, you talk about somebody who choked. Miami was eight and three. That's, ooh. <laughs> I mean, they were eight and three, and they were three games up in the division with five to go and lost. So, Remember, that's why we Florida Stated them. We didn't Florida. That's right. They, they would Florida State themselves. Florida State themselves. That's right. <laughs> we kept kicking them out, or we kept them. Remember, they were at five for a long time. We Florida State the Cowboys early. What's this team going here? Week seven. Week seven. Right? I'm going to go back on September. Everyone forgot to keep that committee thing going, man. That was good. That was good stuff. We'll restart it as soon as the Super Bowl gets done. Absolutely. I love the week zero Florida State. Way too early playoff committee ranker. Yes. Yes. Well, hang on a second. I'm, Cowboys I'm... at four. <laughs> Cowboys got to start at two. <laughs> start, start at one. Start at one. Dak is motivated. He's got a, a chip on his shoulder like I got a rip in my shirt. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at our final. Rip. Oh, look at the notes. These guys here, he's got the notes. Yes. So this, now remember, yeah, if you're watching this at home for the first time, we did the uh, who gets Florida stated starting what week 10 or week 11. Yeah. Well, or it was after Florida State. It was after Florida State got Florida State in December. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. so we started it. And so what we do, guys, is we do, you know, top four and then five and six. And we'd always Florida State someone every yep. every week. We'd leave out a deserving team because <laughs> based off of a um a projection, right? Based off of a uh, a qualifier that we think that they, you know, didn't match or match. Uh, final rankings. So we just rated them like the week eighteen. Was it week eight? No, or is week seventeen? Uh, this probably. Or I nine. think this was this was probably week eighteen. This was probably. Uh, no, this was seventeen because we didn't do it after the playoff were already set. Because once the playoffs, yes, yeah, yeah. So we did it. We did it the week before the playoffs were set. Uh, at number six, we had the Eagles down two spots. <laughs> the Lions. Remember, we kept the Lions at five the whole time. That's who we kept at, at five. We kept Lions, them at five the whole time. Lions. We kept them at five the whole time. <laughs> Great on our part. 
Browns up to no, up to spots to number four in the final committee. Play. That was on me. That was on me. I, was, was I, I, I drove yeah, that on both. I was <laughs> I was riding the Flacco hype train, but I didn't I didn't realize he was a secret plant to eliminate the <laughs> that could eliminate the Ravens. Man, he uh yeah he he, he yeah. Uh, Cowboys at three. Previously not ranked coming into the coming into Ooh. the rankings after being not ranked, we put them at number three. They was had a really good week. Uh, what was that big week? Seventeen. They was had a really yeah, good week. Yeah, but Nick was driving, keeping the Cowboys out too, though. So that means you, was, maybe that I means you it. and I were probably I doing some late. Yeah, because I, I was on it. the Cowboys. I was all over the Cowboys. I was wanting to put them at two at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys. What's it called? I was gonna say something. You guys, you guys definitely railroaded me on that. You guys were working behind the scenes. To get, <laughs> yeah, you guys were were hype on that for some reason. Oh no, no, never mind. We did that because I'm looking because they the, the Cowboys beat the Lions, but they shouldn't have. Oh, that's right. That's right. They definitely should not have won that game. No. So we had to we had to put them in. We did the head to head, remember? Yes, that's I do remember that line. That's why they beat the Lions. Man. We should have done head to head, didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really wanted to be fun. We should have just said head to head doesn't matter. I know you played this week and Don't won. Care. Don't it care. Matter. Doesn't matter. Don't doesn't matter. matter. We're, we're gonna we're gonna water skate you. Uh, number two was the Niners up one spot from three, and then number one was the Ravens, who we had had the week prior at number one. Uh, look, I mean, to be fair, the Ravens were probably the best team heading into the playoffs, and they probably were the best team. Uh, easiest schedule, full health. And I'll throw that out there for sure. Easiest yeah. schedule. Yeah. Even playing in that division, because that division was clearly, head and shoulders, the best division in football. I mean, everybody had a winning record. Three teams made the playoffs. But if you go outside of the division, like they didn't play the Chiefs, you know, they that I know they played the 49. I just think they had an easier schedule. Oh yeah. And we totally yeah. left the Chiefs off too. We did. We left the Chiefs. We sure did, didn't we? Look, like they it. finished they their last seven games, they were three and four. Uh, so I mean yeah. weren't great. We had reasons. Great. They had reasons. They how did this team flip a switch in the po like how does the price you, you want to know why? You want does the radio season even matter? No, Mahomes honestly started scrambling. That's it. Like, seriously, like that's the and only thing. I he didn't, he wasn't that was that's it. Like, he just started scrambling. Remember, he was just sitting back there, he was sitting back there in, in, in the pocket, and just chilling, and yeah, and then drops and you know, the holding penalties, and um, you know, uh, you know, the the the, the different uh flags, not flags, too. You know, so they they overcame a lot of adversity and held together. They did. Battle Plus, they had Mahomes. But I mean, when you got Mahomes, that, that just makes a difference, man. It just does. People underestimate, and I'll say it again: they underestimate how good he is. They give all this praise and they say this, but when it comes down to just football, let's just talk football and not have to make him the greatest quarterback on the face of the earth that's ever lived. Just yeah. talk football guy's the best player he just yeah. is it's just it yeah, to me it's that simple i don't know he's just he's better than everybody yeah he's just good just a good player and they have good chemistry mm-hmm. hard to bet against him too and he's an underdog man i mean cool double underdog i'm telling you oh and, they, underdog. He, and he's been living in that film room guaranteed oh yeah. he has before we go I don't want a score prediction because I think score predictions are dumb. I just want to know who you think are going to who you think is going to win. Big B, who do you think is going to win this game? 
I think the Chiefs. Actually, I take that back. I've picked against the Chiefs three times, uh, or twice, the last two weeks, and they've won. My wife made it a point for me to pick against the Chiefs again, even though I'm actually rooting for the Chiefs to win. Look, I've been married 20 years. My wife's a diehard Chiefs fan. I'm no dummy. So I I know who I want to win the game, but I'm going to say that the 49ers are going to win, but I am wholeheartedly rooting for the Chiefs to win. I respect it. Uh, I do. Well, you got to stick to your guns. Got to stick to you. Got to stick to the mojo. She says I'm the good luck charm. So yeah, Let's no, pick I, against them. <laughs> I felt very bad again about every single game the Chiefs have played this pre this uh this postseason, and they won them. So like, I even thought they might lose to the Dolphins, and here we are. Uh, Nick, who do you think's gonna win? Um, listen, if if 49ers can can do this, get the ball out of Brock Purdy's hands. If he, like I said, if you throw it underneath to Debo, let him catch and run, dude. Nobody wants to tackle that big, big cat, man. That dude is a monster. Yeah. Throw it to Christian McCaffrey in a slot. Um, Buffalo had the cool play, the Arena Football League play, without that running back going on a wheel route um, and catching the ball on the fly, going north and south. That's a dead, deadly play. That is a deadly. And Brock Purdy showed he can win with his legs, and the Chiefs are banged up at O line. And if if San Francisco can just hand the ball off, throw it underneath, and if they they can stick to that long game and, and count the possessions each quarter, I think San Francisco's got a good shot at winning this. I really do. And it's like I think that the the, the pressure is on Kansas City and 49ers. Remember 2019, right? How COVID could have been worse if um, the parade would have been in San Francisco, right? So true. So yeah. So it's it's four years later or five years. I don't know what the hell it is later now. And five years, five years later, and it's a different world, different landscape. Everyone hates the Chiefs now. Everyone hates Taylor Swift for ungodly reasons, like just stupid. Um, but they're they're the team to beat, man. They got the they got the big they're the target target on their back. Yeah, they don't want to disagree with you about. Go for it. That's fine. I think more pressures on the San Francisco Fort Anderson is on the Chiefs. Why is that? I think that. Uh, Kyle Shanahan knows what's at stake for this game, right? Brock Purdy knows what's at, all of those guys know what's at stake. They've lost to this team before, so they feel the need to get back at this team. Chiefs, I feel like, have been operating at a very even keel level. I think that uh, you feel a very even keel thing. I don't think that they feel like there's much pressure here. They're the underdog in this game, and they're acting like they're the underdog in this game. I think that they are very comfortable in the spot that they're in. They like to operate in the spot that they're in. And I don't think they have very much pressure on this. They've been here before, four out of the last six years. That's insane to think about. That is that is absolutely bonkers that every year Patrick Mahomes has been a starting quarterback. Well, he's been a starting quarterback for six years. He's been to the Super Bowl four times. He's lost the AFC Championship game twice. The, both times were in overtime. I'm pretty sure the, the both times he's lost in the AFC Championship game. So it's quite astounding what he's been able to do. I know a lot of people are going to talk about the the legacy talk when it comes to winning three Super Bowls and four appearances. Uh, that's obviously something to a discussion for another time. But I think I think that the Chiefs are in a spot right now where they seem like they are more locked in than I think I've ever seen this team. I feel very confident in this game. I feel very confident in the Chiefs. Uh, so I think I think the Chiefs are winning. I really do. I really think the Chiefs are going to win it, and I'd love to see a a, a huge offensive performance, um, another offensive MVP, uh, Super Bowl MVP for uh, Patrick Mahomes. 
uh, just to build to the legacy, add to the legacy. Three in in six years. That's nuts. That's that's crazy. Yeah, then they'd have to say the Chiefs were a dynasty at that point. Have to. Already are though. Already are. I agree. I think they already are. But to Big Beef one, I think you then we'll have to oh, force her on her talk. Then you start talking about oh, the best. We're talking Mr. One, two, three, four, five, six Super Bowl Steelers trophy. Is that is that updated too? The the, the band? Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's a real, that's a real you dynasty. You can't be that. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there's nobody that's going to be that. I, I get it. But, you know, which is why I'm rooting for the Chiefs to win because that'll keep the 49ers from. From getting ah, that's, that, that's the real motivation. Always an angle. Oh, there it is. Angle. You know. There it is. There it is. That's the real. It's not keeping the, the missus happy. Well, I think that's going to do it for our uh, supersized edition of Outside the Trenches leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, we might be back next week. If Chiefs win, I think we'll be back next week. We'll see if the Chiefs we'll, we'll, we'll survey. If the Chiefs lose, we'll be... No, we'll, no we're doing one next week. We got... Okay. We're not going to be uh, the, those people who, during a loss, don't go show up for the media. Fine. Uh, next week uh-huh. will be the last one, regardless of the outcome. There you Nick go. Said it. Nick said it. And look, I told you guys at the top of the show, Nick's a very persuasive person. He tells you to do something, you're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do we're gonna do a show. Now we have now I've made it full circle, so that means we can end the show. We appreciate you guys listening to us live at the time. If you are, if you're listening to us after the fact, we also appreciate you very much as well. So make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, leave a comment, let us know who you think is going to win this game and why you think they're gonna win this game. Also leave us a five star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. So for Nick Leckie and Big B, Brian Hanley, I'm Tucker Frank. We'll be back with you after the Super Bowl to talk about what happened. We'll see you then. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.